0: Often agents will overthink what they should be saying when they get on, the, on a call with a lead. And um, it's really simple. All you have to do is kind of ask them when they want to see the property.
1: How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents in our industry hoard to themselves, grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That's the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Pat Hyman, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars.
2: Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchasteghi getting ready to interview Suzanne Sini. So uh, Suzanne's from Orange County. She's doing a ton of volume with her team out there. It looks like one of the numbers we have in the notes, and we will dig into it deeper. $170 million in annual sales, 400 transactions. This must be a pretty big team. I know that even when uh, in Orange County, you know, houses are more expensive uh, than a lot of places in the U.S., but 400 transactions is still a ton of transactions One of the really cool things about Suzanne that we're going to get into right, you know, pretty close to the beginning is she came from actually working inside Zillow, not as an agent, but actually training agents on how to use Zillow and then somewhere along the line made that transaction. And I can't wait to dig into that and get to hear more and hear some of her tips on how people can convert a hot lead. So Suzanne, thanks for joining us. Hi. And, Thanks and for
0: having me.
2: So how is Orange County right now in the world? So the is there is shelter in place happening, is it not? Are you allowed to eat in restaurants? Do you have to stay inside? What's the what's the law?
0: It's it's interesting. It's changing daily almost. But yeah. um, but as of, <laughs> as of now, you can eat in outside if the restaurant has outdoor seating. So they just rolled back some guidelines um, or some reopening plans to now where we're, you know, taking a little step back. But uh, the bright side for us is real estate's essential. And um, it's, it's been really amazing to see how we haven't really slowed down. We did 265 transactions Q2. So, uh, you know, it's it's been busy it's, even through all of this. So it's it's been kind of, it's been really interesting.
2: Yeah. One of those areas where real estate is hot. Are the are the beaches open right now? Are they busy or are they closed?
0: Beaches are open. So they shut them down for 4th of July weekend, but, yeah. um, but open, I mean, you know, for the most part, people are really, uh, we get some bad press about the beaches, but for the most part, people are just trying to do their thing and enjoying the outdoor life.
2: Yeah, go get some oxygen and get some sun. I mean, beaches, every, everything was shut down for 4th of July. I mean, just about every, if you got to see a fireworks show, you were among the lucky, all the most famous places where they have firework shows and people gathering. They just they just closed for a couple of days and then reopened again. So the, I am not surprised, they did that out in Orange County. So the, I'm a, originally from Northern California. Right now I'm out in Austin, Texas, and, and Austin is another one of the hot spots where they shut everything down more recently where we had a lot of opening stuff and now we're maybe a little bit of a step back. But like you said, people are still transacting in real estate and your team is doing a ton of transactions. So the I said it in the intro, you started working as a, you had a job, you were an employee at Zillow and you were teaching agents how to use Zillow to convert a hot lead. How long ago was that? And, and, and tell, just tell us about that experience you know, and, and, you know, what you were teaching people when you were there and how did you transition to becoming an agent?
0: Yeah. So, um, that was about two and a half years ago that I was at Zillow. And, um, I, so I started my real estate career there, uh, about, and I was there for about five years and really my focus was, helping agents build teams. So, you know, when they got an online lead, what did they do with that online lead? I think that that's a really big part of, you know, our success is, we know how to cultivate and work those leads because it is very different than traditional standard real estate. So, you know, I would I would coach and walk agents through how to be successful and then how to scale a team using that platform. Um so it, you know, for me, it just got to the point where I, I spoke with thousands of agents and um, saw some major success stories I actually ended up partnering with um, one of my old clients um, and you know decided that hey it's it's time to get in the space myself so I had some great behind the scenes how to build the business um, and I needed to get my hands dirty a little bit and start doing some transactions so I decided to to make the leap and jump in um, I felt that, what I could bring to the real estate industry was really important, and uh, you know, I, and I treat it like a business.
2: So how long ago was that that you be, that you went from Zillow to becoming an agent?
0: It was about two and a half years ago.
2: All right, so two and a half years. And did you live out in, in Southern California at that time when you were working for Zillow?
0: I did. Yeah, but most of my role, I would be traveling to my clients' offices. Really getting to know their, uh, their teams and what their current process was for, um, working their, their online leads and, um, really kind of pull from each agent to see what makes them so successful. And I think that gave me some really great insight into you know, when I went into real estate, what I could do to be successful. I'm all about learning and growing. So even though I was providing them with guidance on the behind the scenes, um, I also learned from every one of my clients that I worked with.
2: Yeah. What a, what an interesting experience out there. And so we talked about your transactions, um, for right now. So how many, what's the average price point of your your deals that you're doing?
0: You know, it it just depends. So we actually work all of Southern California. So from Riverside, San Bernardino, Orange County, down to San Diego. But I would say the average transaction is around six hundred, seven hundred thousand.
2: 700,000. Okay. And how many people are on your team?
0: Uh, I have almost 50 people on the team currently. So it's it's quite a large one. And, and uh, we own the brokerage, so myself and my partner. And there are about 150 people. Plus, give or take a few agents at the brokerage, and then about fifty on the team specifically.
2: Yeah, that that is a giant team. So, is your brokerage under one of the big named brokers, or is it just you guys have a broker's license in your own business name?
0: Yeah. So Justin Ty is the broker, and um, we're with Active Realty. So just a small boutique brokerage.
2: Yeah, I think it's really common. Getting bigger. Yeah. That's a common thing in California. The, there's a lot more, you know, in now that I've been in Texas, a lot of people are are kind of branded inside some of those big brands. But what we saw in California for many, many years was everybody was a, was a boutique brokerage. The, you know, in Northern California, when we were doing all of our transactions, we had our, we had our own broker's office and the, my wife was the broker and she had a couple agents and she was doing transactions like you're doing transactions. And I think it's, it's, um, you know, we get so many people that are part of these other things. Do you see any, um, what are some extra advantages of that, of being, uh, you know, of being your own office, your own, your own broker office?
0: Yeah, I think it's important to carry culture, you know, and we really wanted to set the tone for what culture is at Active Realty. Um, I think that, you know, there's some uh, preconceived notions about certain brokerages and we really didn't want any of that. You know, we really want the blank slate of, hey, this, this is active and this is our culture and what that culture looks like. It's a ton of hardworking agents that you know, um, that really hustle, you know, and they work and we, we don't have a ton of part time agents that active. So but we also have a lot of fun while doing it.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, it sounds like it. So the when you first switched over and you started and, and you went from being, a, you know, teaching people how to be agents to being an agent, how did you do your first year? You know, did you did you get many trans? Did you were you off to the races? Or did it take you a while to actually put it into practice?
0: You know, funny enough, my very first year, I had an eight million dollar transaction, which was like a record breaking sale in the neighborhood. Yeah. And the ironic thing is that that lead that I got, it came from Zillow. So, um, so I had a super successful first year. I hit the ground running. Um, I think that often agents will uh, overthink what they should be saying when when they get on the on a call with a lead. And um, it's really simple. All you have to do is kind of ask them when they want to see the property. They're inquiring on a property. And sometimes we talk ourselves out of even meeting with the client. But really, your overall mission when you take that that call with the client is just, hey, I saw you inquired on 123 Main Street. What time do you want to see it? You know, and and that's really how that first conversation went. And that was in my first year of real estate. So I had a lot of transaction, at transactions like that. And um, obviously, year two, even better, but it was just following those same principles and keeping it really, really simple.
2: Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Amuchasteghi. Hey, I hate to interrupt the current podcast that you're listening to, but I am so excited to share this with you. I just finished interviewing the original host of this podcast, my good friend, Pat Hyden. Yeah, I got to talk to Pat about how he started his real estate career and a whole bunch of tips and tactics that he used to be successful. So if you haven't listened to it yet, go check out State of the Market number 49 on there. I get to talk to Pat about all those different things. You know, and in there too, he talked a lot about his six steps for seven figures book and training program that he built over the last couple of years. And I realized I haven't done a good enough job of reminding all of you lately about all of the resources that we've built for you out there. So if you wanna check out Pat's course, We've got like a three minute summary video when you go to it. It includes so many easy to follow tips that you can follow on it like a day to day basis. You get email reminders, all sorts of different things that come with that course. If you find that, you go to rebusuniversity.com, R E B U S, rebusuniversity.com. Look at courses. You can find the Six Steps for Seven Figures book, and really, there's a whole bunch of other courses in there too. Our normal prices used to be fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars a course. These are real deal professional courses, but now, uh, during quarantine, a lot of them are priced down to like ninety bucks, ninety five bucks. So we've slashed the prices. So we know right now is a time for everybody to be focusing on growth and education, especially while they're feeling like they don't have as much to do. And if you go in there and you figure like, like, there's a lot of different courses you want maybe you don't want to buy the a la carte, you can go to futureofrealestatetraining.com and you can get access to all of our different courses for 97 bucks a month. I think there's a discount on there if you go a year or there's even like a lifetime option that you can pay. You get access to every course we ever put on Rebus University for as long as we have it. So go check out those options, Rebus University or futureofrealestatetraining.com. All right, back to your podcast. Sorry for the interruption. your first you had an eight million dollar transaction that came as a lead from zillow you know the i know a lot of agents that are super successful with with zillow leads but isn't that amazing right being able to like pull an advertised lead into such a giant transaction people would be i think people think if somebody in that price point they already know a a, a hundred agents you know somebody that, that is that wealthy knows a ton of different people and the and so i guess the reality is is not necessarily i guess there's always a chance for to get into that market
0: yeah, and I think it's, you know, sometimes people at that caliber, they don't want to use people that they know, you know? I mean, and and that's really in any price whether it's 300,000 to 8 million. At the end of the day, um, you know, sometimes they want to keep things private. It's a really personal thing, you know? Wow. So, yeah, I think I think that each person's different, but I will say, I mean, at this point, I think it's something like 90 2% of the people that are looking to buy or sell, they're starting their search online. So it's important to be there. And and then realistically, you have to win them over because I think a lot of times, yeah, you get that lead and you you talk to them and maybe even you meet them, but then there are opportunities where they end up going and working with someone that they know, right? Yeah. So, um, so what are you going to do when you get there to make sure that they're going to work with you and they're going to continue to work with you? I think that that's a really, really imp- important piece of,
2: of converting yep. those leads. Yeah, remembering that real estate is a is a deeply personal thing, and yeah, there's a lot of times people don't want their friends being their mortgage broker, they don't want their friends being their agent. It's a natural fit to be there, but even if you're friends with somebody, if you're trying to get that lead, you have to you still have to work aggressively. I think I think there's probably a lot of times when people are. They're like, no, I, I don't have to I don't have to explain to them how good I am because we're such good friends. If they ever sell their house, they're going to be sure to to hire me. And I think that the the reality with that is nothing is a slam dunk. If you're going to be someone's agent or you're going to have to follow the same things with somebody that you know or somebody you don't, you need to know they need to know that you're a pro and they need to know that you're going to be able to handle stuff. And it's such a unique thing. So one of the things we say, if you were going to be on the name, you know, if you're going to have your own panel, what would you call it? And your answer is Real Estate Simplified: How to Take the Stress Out of Buying and Selling. So, what is your what's your big pitch with that? What do you mean when you're when you're saying that that's that's one of the things that you know a lot about? Yeah, I think
0: that uh, you know, as we mentioned, um, real estate it's a relationship thing. There's a lot of emotions involved, and I think that my big message when I came into the industry and my big takeaway from everyone that I worked with um, was really that. Real estate doesn't need to be as hard as it is. Like it, I mean, trust me, we all know that there are hard things that come up in these transactions. Um, But I think that one, I feel agents need to kind of work together a little bit um, and keep things really simple and keep emotions out of it. I think that, you know, someone can come off of a really tough transaction and take those emotions into the next transaction, uh, where at the end of the day, we all have the same common goal. And I think the easier we can make it, the, the, um, simpler it is and um, we all work together to to accomplish that goal I think that you know it's it's a smooth transaction and again I you know there are gonna be things that come up we all know that but it's really how you handle that that makes it an enjoyable transaction at the end of the day most of our life we're working and especially as a real estate agent um, I know people think that it's part-time
1: <laughs> yeah. but
0: we both know it's not part-time it's 24/7 time. And so we spend most of our lives doing this. So I think it's important to have fun, enjoy and and not make it more difficult than it needs to be.
2: Yeah, so the so one of your big things you like to you know you you did a pre-call with Curtis and you talked about, you know, being able to convert that hot lead. So the so what is so what would you consider a hot lead? You know, if, if somebody's trying to say like, you know, what what's the hottest lead that you see when you're going to say, "Hey, this is a hot lead." And then what is what is that conversion plan? How should someone convert that hot lead to a customer?
0: yeah i think I think that's a really good question, and to each person, it's different. I think that the general referral lead is going to be very different than an internet lead, right? Like obviously the referral lead, you kind of know where to go and that's something totally separate. And I think that a lot of times an agent isn't necessarily an online lead converter, you know? So, so what does that look like and how do you convert those leads? So to me, a warm lead is a lead that's coming from a, a buyer or seller online that's saying, hey, you know, I'm raising their hand and saying that they um, wanna buy or sell. So um, for me, uh, like I said, I think keeping it very simple on that very first phone call um, of you know, asking when they want to see the property, I think that's huge. Now, you're not always going to get a hold of that person right away. So to the uh, extent of literally following up with someone to where I didn't even know if they were alive, um, I still continue to follow up with them. Um, I'll send them photos of a property that they inquired on, I will, um, I, I will keep that communication going for at least the first week. But I'll humanize it, you know, I think that there there are so many tools with technology these days, where there's auto responders and there's all these other things going out. Um, but I think that it's really important to to have some personal touches as well. So like I said, I mean, for me, that very first week, I think is an important week of when you get a lead, you need to continuously follow up until you get a hold of that person. And then once you do get a hold of them, your overall mission is to get in front of them. I know that when I get in front of someone, I am converting that lead um, because I'm going to bring my value and I'm going to show my value, which I think is really important in a time where... Technology, you know, buyers and sellers have access to, you name it, you know, at their fingertips. They, a lot of times they're sending us homes now, right? So what can we do to build value when we speak or get in front of the client? And, and that's really what I focus on.
2: And the, one of the things that, you, that you've noted too is that you guys, you like obsess over the client right and so the so is that is that trying to figure out everything you can about them is that just making sure that everything you're doing is improving is improving their experience what what do you mean by that
0: yeah am I going
2: to sound creepy if I say that I that's our secrets right it's the face the Facebook (laughs) stalking
0: There is a little bit of that, you know, I do, <laughs> we do want to make sure that um, one, I, I have a lot of people on my team, so I really like to match make, make a little bit there. Um, yeah. So any information that we can find about the client, I think is great. So doing that extra due diligence, there was a time where um, I actually saw that a client that had inquired, had posted on their Twitter about a charity that they cared about. So I donated to their charity Mm -hmm. and then sent a quick message and said, Hey, you know, got your contact information on Zillow. Wanted you to know that I, you know, I feel the same exact way about this cause. I'm here if you need me, you know, and I built that commonality. I don't think there's any, and this was a $4 million lead. um, And I don't think that there's, you know, I don't, who knows whether I would have connected with that client or not. And it's someone that I'm still working with. To this day so you just yes there's definitely a little a
1: yeah. little bit of
0: that research that goes into place
2: well now we yeah. talk about but, that we, um go ahead
0: Oh, I was just going to say, but, but I think, you know, being customer obsessed is, um, it also means something else where they really are the North Star. And that is something that I learned from Zillow. They are all about taking care of the customer and what is the best experience for the consumer. And, um, and so I've really tried to take that same exact approach on the real estate side of things because if you are making your consumer happy, there is so much more that comes from that besides such a positive experience and keeping it, you know, again, this is what we do for a living. So, um, you know, giving them that positive experience, but the business that you're going to build from continuing and, and keeping that positive experience as well.
2: Yeah, the you're right. When it, when it comes to like, we have to set ourselves apart. We talk to agents about you have to, when it's competitive, you have to be different and being able to like... Figure out what you can about the people ahead of time can really help you. Like you said, um, I mean, matchmaking, that's that's a really unique thing. You've got such a big team that once you see the lead, you can actually look at it first and say, hey, this person would be a great agent for that because that's their neighborhood they specialize in, or that or they know the same thing, or they've got some sort of overlap, right? So that's that's pretty amazing. But also being able to put the foot in the door, even if they know like, oh, you only donated to this place because I did the but you did, but that's how bad you want to work with me. Like, yeah, let's talk. Like that's, that's more than the last person did. So I think that that's, that's really cool. So as we also had, I just interviewed somebody recently that talked about, you know, in their market, 70% of people choose like the first agent that they talk to, right? They're the first person they have a phone call with. And so like a Zillow lead, if somebody's buying Zillow leads, they're going to get a phone call or an email. And if they don't answer, it goes to the next person on the list right like the i think it transfers right away uh for that if there's other people in that market so you answer the phone call and and i think you said the first thing to say they're going to be inquiring about a property so the first thing you always ask is when do you want to see it right so so when do you want to see it because both that's going to get you in front of them where you're going to meet them and then that's also you know having something you have i guess probably a reason to call them back after you go try to work it out and schedule it so it keeps the conversation going hey, Real Estate Rockstars listeners, I'm sorry to interrupt again, but I want to do a quick commercial break. But this commercial break is different. This is stuff that I think you need. And this is me talking to you about some of the stuff that we had. So, you know, recently we had a lot of people reach out to us and say, hey, why don't you do a real estate mastermind? Why don't you do something where a lot of the listeners can get together and do some Zoom calls and ask each other questions and really just try to brainstorm and work together? I mean, there's a million masterminds out there. I don't know if this is something that we really want to do or not, or if we do, if we're going to limit it to maybe 20 or 30 people, we're just trying to figure out if any of you guys are interested. So if you have any interest at all in joining a mastermind with real estate agents around the country that are part of the Real Estate Rock Stars Network, go to hybendigital.com forward slash mastermind and just join the wait list. It's just a really a formal It's just an interest list for us to see, is this something we want to be doing? So that's that's number one. Number two, you go to hybendigital.com forward slash foreclosures. We have a two day thing that we just finished recording. Now it's also inside Rebus University. And so you can go to Rebus University and look at it. If you're already a member of Rebus, I mean, a lot of you guys are in the, you know, the monthly fee where you get access to everything. So we have a new course in there, 17 hours of content on how to Buy foreclosures on how to find deals, on how to, you know, do title, you know, go to auction, also turn that into clients for your real estate agents, how you can turn somebody that's in default behind on their mortgages into a client. So go, you know, check out that course, especially for you know, you can you can buy the course now, but again, most of you guys already subscribed to all that. I just wanted you to know there's another 17 hours of content. Great, great content that I just recorded on there. Uh, that all of you guys have access to now at Rebus University. And then finally, we have software that we talk about on and off. It's called Padhawk. And in Padhawk, you can use that to go find leads. What, uh, you know, so Everyone is really, really busy right now. And we're so, so busy. People are selling and they're saying there isn't enough product on the market, right? So they they're, they can't find houses. Well, Padhawk will help you find houses before they're listed. It helps you find owners that should be listing their properties or people that might wanna get there. I recorded a quick video. It's like six or seven minutes long for you guys to look at real estate agent specific on what how you can use the software in order to do it. So go to hybendigital.com forward slash leads. Again, there's a video in there. I talk about how you can use the software to do it. Check it out. If it's something that you like, you may wanna sign up for it. Ninety-nine bucks a month, but nationwide, any city out there, and it is a great way to find houses. So right now, people are saying there's lots of buyers, but we can't find enough houses. Well, maybe you can use this software. You'll find some that hasn't listed yet, and make them an offer on their house. All right, back to your regular scheduled program. Thank you for letting me interrupt you with that break. I also thought a unique thing, like you said, some of those leads come in, somebody says, I want to buy a house. You call them a minute later and they get cold feet. They no longer want to answer the phone. Like, they're like, well, no, I, I wanted interest, but I didn't want anyone to call me. And so you call them, you text them, you email them, you call me. you keep reaching out to them for that week. And I think, you know, I've heard a couple of times, like every lead you get, you pay for that lead, right? It's different amounts you pay for it, whether it's through advertising or through referral or whatever else. When that lead comes in, there was an expense or something that it cost you to get it. And so being, making sure that you at least make the most effort on it. I think a lot of people, um, they get that first lead, they call, they text, they don't answer and then they go, okay, it's a dead lead and they move on. Uh, But it sounds like one of your keys is you make like, so a lead isn't a dead lead until you've, you know, tried a dozen times and after a week they, they don't reach out. Is that about how you feel?
0: Yeah, so I think the first week is the most important, but that doesn't mean that the follow-up stops there. You know, the first week uh, we're gonna, we're gonna go all out. We're gonna pull out all the stops. We're going to look at the property. I mean, I'm, when I say sending them photos of the property, if they inquired on a property, uh, we'll go drive by and take a photo of the property and text it to them and say, Hey, just checked out the home for you. And uh, I thought you'd really like this backyard. I mean, sometimes I feel like a crazy person because I've talked to myself for so long. Uh, but then one day they respond, you know, so, yeah. um, so that, that's like, that's the first week, but after that first week, there's still, there's still a lot that has to go into converting that lead. So, you know, if it is a really the first month, you're going to continue to at least once a week follow up after that first week of the seven-day follow-up plan. But then after that monthly, you want to still make sure you're sending something over to them so you stay in front of them. Um, but like I said, it's about being creative. I think, you know, the consumer does not want the, Hey, are you, are you still interested in buying? You know, here I am. I think it's, I think you've got to be a little different and, um, you've got to, you've got to hook them with something, you know, and so even if that's community information, I think that that's a really, um, a really good one of, Hey, just so you know, they're putting all the telephone poles underneath the ground. So now you're going to have a better ocean view in Corona del Mar. I mean, just something, something random where it's like, Oh, wow, that's, That's actually valuable information. Now I have an unobstructed ocean view in homes that previously had obstructed ocean views. You know, so um, little things like that, that maybe the consumer can't just Google and find online or know from looking at a home on Zillow.
2: That's such great. That's really great. It's really, they're, they're filling out the form saying, hey, I want more interest. They don't necessarily answer right away. They weren't really ready to talk to an agent yet. And you guys go forth and you put through a bunch of effort right? You're going to go find, you know, get some pictures, send it over to them, send them info about the community. So then they almost, they probably almost haven't, a, a feel like they have an obligation to call you back because they're like, oh, she's actually working for me already. <laughs> right. I filled out that form. she's, already, she's already working yeah. for me. Like I, the, I need to call her first. You know, people do appreciate hard work, you know, when they want to, when they want to go out there and make those decisions. So, so when somebody uh, wants to, you know, when somebody tell us about like the lead, if you're going to put yourself in their shoes, right? Like the person like, what is what, what? do they go through with that? So as soon as they fill out a lead online, is it all? Is it all the same? Are there all a bunch of different services? They get some sort of a confirmation. What are, what's the like the life of the lead from the time they like are searching online to the time they maybe buy a house?
0: Yeah. So you know there there was a study that said it was something like the real estate transaction is the most stressful transaction or or stressful life event in a consumer's life over, you know, like, losing their job. And I mean, they're, this is what consumers are feeling. So, you know, really, it's about six, to 12 months where a consumer will start online and they're going to start their search there. And a lot of times they're not even going to reach out for a while. They're just going to browse and, you know, look at photos, but they are going to start that search. And then, you know, once they do actually reach out to an agent from the time that they reach out to an agent and they end up closing escrow, I think last I heard it was something around 70 days, like it's very quick after that point that they're looking at homes and then, you know, moving forward. So, um, but, you know, from the consumer perspective, once they reach out to someone, they're in a database and and realistically, even even these sources where they're only giving the lead to one agent, the consumer doesn't know really what's going on and they think they're talking to the listing agent and they're clicking around all over online. So you're going to have a lot of phone calls. Um, so again, it's really important at that point to be a little different because the consumer is about to get bombarded um, once they start clicking around online.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's times when they're clicking and they you know, they have a question about a certain house and they think they're talking to the agent. They think they're talking to the listing agent. They, they're like, hey, there is, is there a master bedroom downstairs? And depending on the lead source and the lead funnel where you're getting it from, when that person calls, they... Uh, you know, they might be thinking all sorts of different things. So having to qualify at that point and go, Oh, I'm not. So if somebody says, Oh, I thought, I thought you were the agent. I actually wanted to talk to the listing agent. What do you say? How do you reel them back in at that point?
0: Yeah. So I try to avoid that on the first call, but if it does come up, I just say, I'm actually the showing, showing agent that it could be somebody else on my team, but I'm, I'm the showing agent that's assigned to this. So um, just, you know, try and skate around it as much as you possibly can. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, we never want to tell them that we're the lifting agent, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I prefer, if possible, to have that conversation face to face. If you can avoid it. So so I guess in order to avoid that conversation, be knowledgeable Um, You know, make sure that even if you don't know an answer, you let them know, you know what, let me let me double check that I'll get right back to you. But I would say, um, be confident in driving that conversation, so that it doesn't get to that point. And then when you're there, obviously, you want to let them know, you know, what the scenario is there. But I think, uh, ideally, that conversation is done face to face.
2: Yeah. So the lead comes in. First thing is get them on the phone so you can say like, hey, when do you want to see it? Provide that first intro. And then so goal number one is just reach them and actually provide value when you reach out to them. So if you don't reach out to them right away, then you're going to go just provide extra value just to get that phone call. Once you get that conversation, goal number two is that you're going to go meet with them in person. So one of the ways is, hey, when do you want to see it? Uh, this one, is that the, is that the biggest way to meet them in person or, or are there times when you say, Hey, do you want to, do you, are there other ways that you get that, that in-person meeting?
0: I think the the easiest way is to just ask. I think that that works like mm-hmm. 95% of the time um, when they're inquiring about it right now, though, obviously we are in a, um, a, a different time where yeah. maybe these guys don't want to see us face to face. So um so I think it's really important to have your virtual presentation prepared and prepared correctly because you know there there are consumers that you know it's going to be a little bit more difficult now to meet face to face. So in that situation, you know, if my my first question no matter what um, after obviously I've built a little bit of rapport of rapport is going to be when do you want to see it? But if you know they're a little leery about that. Um, I'll even say sometimes and, and try and feel it out right now. Would you prefer in person or virtually? So get get that. Um, so you know, hey, maybe you're going to do a virtual tour for them, um, and you're going to go see the property, and then maybe you guys Facetime together or whatever that looks like. But I would say that would be the that's that's the only change in you know asking for that for that appointment right away. All
2: right. So the after you're talking about saying hey. It used to be, hey, when do you want to go see it? Let's go meet and see it, and trying to get that set up. Now, now it's just saying, hey, do you want to do you want to see it in person or do you want to see it virtually? And that's a super common thing we've been talking about since March, right? Is people going out and actually the agents are working a little bit a little bit harder and they're they're seeing the properties ahead of time, sending over the videos. Sometimes sellers themselves are doing. You know, you can you can organize something where the seller themselves is doing a Facetime with you to show it off. So there's less people in the house. People are writing offers on houses and getting them accepted before seeing them in person. They're like, oh, we're only going to go see it in person if our offer actually gets accepted, which have you you done any transactions like that recently?
0: So... So not necessarily only if the offer gets accepted, but I, I will say that there's a lot of the preview, you know, where we're, we're either, if the home doesn't have a virtual tour, which at this point I, I feel like everyone should be doing virtual tours on their oh, yeah. home, but if for some reason they, it doesn't and, and we're gonna go and we're gonna walk through the property, one, I prefer to do it because again, that's where my value is. You know, when I'm, when I'm pointing something out, uh, that maybe the seller wouldn't point out, um, that's going to be where I build that trust with my client that maybe I've never met, you know, so, so, you know, walking them through that and just making sure that, um, you know, they're comfortable with that property. And then what, from what I've seen at that point, once they know, okay, this is one that I actually like, and I want to move forward with, um, then I'm seeing, okay, let's, let's get out there, PPE, let's make sure that, you know, it's a safe environment and, um, and then we'll tour the property.
2: Yeah. So where are your most common questions that are coming from your, from your, um, you know, clients right now? Are there, is it, is it, did it change much during COVID as far as your most common questions people are asking you?
0: Yeah. You know, I think right now it's uh it's, Hey, is this a good time to buy or sell? Right? Like everyone's kind of wondering, uh, buyers are like, you know, should we wait? Property values are going to go down and, and then it'll be a great time. But, um, but really, you know, my response is. Interest rates are obviously lower than they have been in a very long time, if not the lowest they've been. So, um, since I've been in the industry and, um, I was previously in the mortgage industry before I worked at Zillow. So, um, so it's, it's shocking how low interest rates are. And, um, and I, the, what I'm telling my buyers and sellers is, especially the buyers, you're going to pay no matter what, right? It's like whether that's, in the interest rate or, you know, whether it's the, the price is, is stable and and where it is. So you have to do what's best for you when it's good for you. And, and that should be the driver and, and the motivation right now. Um, And so that, that's probably the main question that we get. Um, Safety is definitely top of mind. Um, But, you know, I think that, that we have a good grasp on, how to make this process very, very safe and comfortable
2: for people. Yeah. The, the low interest rates is such a, it, it, I mean, it is, it is crazy now. And at six and $700,000 price points, the, you're able to get a, you know, first and a second and that's still, you know, that, those loans are still happening. Every, you know, jumbo is almost non-existent right now. There, there aren't as many of those options out there as people are getting to those higher price points or they're a lot harder anyway, but, but yeah, that is a, it is a great equalizer to talk to somebody. So they say, "Hey, is now a good a good time to buy a house?" You're like, "Well, you know, you buy a year from now, it might be a hundred thousand dollars less, but the but if rates go up just a little bit, your payments the same, right? So the or your payments more, right? You might you might buy your house for a hundred thousand dollars less, but your but your payment costs more uh, on that sort of stuff. So the and then and you guys are seeing just a, a ton of transactions. What are your most common transactions right now? Are they are they moving move up buyers? Are they moving into the area, or is it a little everything?
0: Yeah, you know, we've. it's funny. We've had a lot of people move out of California. Yeah. Um, so we, we've definitely seen that. A lot of our sellers are getting out. But, you know, I, I think that that would probably be the most common trend. Overall, it's, it's the usual stuff. You know, it's time to upsize. It's time to downsize we're not obviously seeing a ton of investors in the mix right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, So different. it's
0: really just the standard buyer and buyers and sellers.
2: That we're yeah, the, All the investors are selling their stuff, right? They're taking the stuff they've had yeah. over the last while and they're like, okay, we did pretty good. I mean, Make I was, uh, the, we, a, a lot of times in California real estate prices have grown so much over the last several years. Right. And, and the, and then this is something that people see and they go, all right, so now there's a better chance that prices will be maybe a little lower a year from now or not. Maybe they keep going forever, but the people that have owned for several years there, their houses are worth way more than they were. And, um and yeah, there's, it's people selling and, you know, California still has income tax, right? And the, and not every, and now that people get to work remote, I'm sure a lot of people are like, Hey, we're going to leave California where we can go work somewhere without income tax remotely and, and get a little bit more bang for our buck. But there's no replacement for the beach, there's no replacement for Orange County and some of those things. We just tell people you pay for what you get in California, right? It's a Beautiful place to be an agent.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say. So I recently did a story on NBC where the the anchor, he was like, "I just don't understand it. Values just keep going up and and the the income, you know, median income isn't going up. So what is going on? Please please explain it to us." And quite frankly, it's lifestyle, you know, you, there is nothing better than this California lifestyle. You know, you want to be near the beach and people are going to pay for that. You know, they're, they're willing to do it. So, and if they're not, like I said, they're, they're getting out and
2: <laughs> yeah. we're
0: still able to help them as well.
2: And they go all over the place. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's 70 degrees and sunny. There's no bugs out here, but there, there are no potholes. But yes, you do pay heavy income tax and you pay for your real estate. Just like anything, you can, get a, you, can get a, a, you can get any type of car you want, any kind of house you want, and you have that. So you have all sorts of ways. And the, So what are your plans now for your team? So again you did the the I mean a ton of volume, a ton of transactions again 170 million in gross sales. Now you have a big team, so that helps me. All right, at least you're not doing them all yourself. You've got, you know, a team of 50 and they're doing a bunch of stuff. What are your goals over the next 12 months?
0: I think that it's important to note about the team. I think the the reason why we're successful is I think that we embrace people's strengths and weaknesses. So talking a little bit about my goals, you know, we want to do 2,500 units this year. That was absolutely our goal. Obviously, you know, things changed a little bit. So we'll see where we end up, but we're still shooting for the stars. And I think the the key factor for us is we know how to generate leads, right? So we know how to get those in. And I think that um, it's really important to identify for each agent on the team, what their strength is, and what their weakness is. I don't expect for my agents to be these crazy lead converters. They're not all going to be like me, you know, they're real estate agents. And a real estate agent isn't necessarily the same as an inside sales, phone sales person. So I think, you know, one of the key factors to getting to our goal is we this year, we've built out our ISA team. So we have our inside sales group that basically all they're, they're solely focused on that long-term follow-up. Um, and that is how we're going to get to 2,500 units um, as a team is by you know, really cultivating and um, growing that team.
2: How many have you done so far this year? Do you
0: know so we did two sixty five q two, so I think we're um, I want to say that we 're right over five I, I think it was like five sixty
2: yeah so i mean you 've already grown a ton from i mean two thousand and nineteen you did four hundred transactions right you 've already at five something right. this year, so the, that's what I had. when you shoot for the stars and you barely miss, you still have an incredible year i I admire you, and I think it 's great that you're saying no, our goal is still our goal, and we 're going to adjust and push hard especially because I mean, real estate has performed much better than I imagined it was going to back in March. You know, I sold a bunch of real estate and I was, I want to be first to be out and sell some things. And there's probably some stuff that maybe I could have sold for more if I'd have been more patient, but, but the, uh, but I'm glad that you've kept your goals and say, no, it's going to be a big year and you're pushing hard. Any last advice, tips you want to make sure that our listeners here out there, if they're, if they're new in real estate, if they're at a, if they're, at a, if they're stuck and they don't know how to get to the next point, what would you say?
0: Yeah, one I would say listen to podcasts like these. You know, I think that it's really important that we recognize that, you know, as an industry, agents, they take their tests and they're super excited and they go out into the industry and they're kind of on their own. So I would say number one, you want to make sure that you're listening to, you're learning and you're growing. So that's one reason why I really love this podcast is because you know there's a diverse group of people that come on here from all all walks of life, all parts of the country. Um, so you're not in direct competition with these people, right? <laughs> and uh, and you have the opportunity to learn. And so I think remembering that you know we all start somewhere, and um, using tools like this to propel them into the real estate into their real estate career because if they, if agents don't join a team, you know, that, that, that learning, it, it could potentially stall and um, we're all in this together. We're all doing transactions together. So my next tip would be help each other. You know, I, like I said, I don't think that real estate needs to be as difficult as a lot of times we make it. You know, we have the common we have the same common goal. Obviously we each want to protect our client, but I think it should be a positive experience and if we work together, it will be one.
2: Yeah, it's like it's having that abundance mindset is something that we talk about we used to have a scarcity mindset in business that we were afraid to share our secrets because what if they put us out of business we we're afraid to tell somebody what they were doing or because they might be competing with us for the same the beautiful thing about as we get to start growing and seeing, hey there's there's a lot to go around out there you can share all of your secrets because the people that are going to do good are the people that are going gonna to practice it and try really hard and the and then it helps us raise our game too right? Everybody right now is how do we do better? How do we give better service? How do we do more stuff for our clients? The more agents that are out there, the more agents are going to raise the bar and treat their clients better. And it makes real estate as a whole just better. And so I, I love that of, you know, help the people around you. The harder we all work at doing a great job at our jobs, the, the whole industry gets raised up to a higher standard. So Susanna, if people want to find you, if they want to reach out, they want to, they want to talk about real estate. They want to join your team. They want to, they want to learn about stuff. What's the best way they can find you?
0: Uh, my Instagram is uh, Suzanne Sini. So I, that's the best way. I'm, it's my Instagram. I actually respond. So um, feel free to, to reach out on there. Otherwise, Suzanne at activerealty.com.
2: All right, Suzanne, thanks for coming on today. Real Estate Rockstars. I hope you guys loved that one. I think we learned a lot and I can't wait to be able to have you on again and check in near the end of the year when you're near your 2,500 units. So uh, thanks for coming on, Suzanne.
1: And hit subscribe yes subscribe the more subscribers we get the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki Barbara Corcoran all the players that are on the million dollar listing in the different cities all that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get so please subscribe and listen there's a lot of places you can leave comments There's a lot of places you can like we're on Facebook we have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyven. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that, too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you.